I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to our 2019 Round 30 episode of the MLS Fantasy Insider. This episode is brought to you by Because MLS. Just when you thought you would see a three-horse golden boot race, it's down to two already. Uh, oh, wait, no, no. Uh, actually, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing subreddit community of r slash fantasy mls i'm your host reed Connolly from mlsfantasyboss.com and tonight i'm joined by my my partners in fantasy almost tripped up on it right there uh michael denton uh and our special guest host blaine is not with us tonight our special guest host we have uh kyle frankowich um from patreon first how close did I come to pronouncing your name? And to welcome everyone. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, uh, you actually, if you did as well with my last name as you, or if you did as well with MLS names as you did with mine, then you wouldn't have the reputation you did. Wow! Wow! <laughs> Coming in hot. Coming in hot, Kyle. I'm just saying you did a great job. Is what nice. I'm saying. No, I appreciate it. But this is this is going to be good. This is going to be good, Mike. Mike, how are you? I'm I'm doing fine. You you pronounce my name okay? I do. About, like, about about as normal. Okay, yeah. Uh, for those of you, yes, thanks. Uh, Burn coming from chat. Uh, Blaine could not be with us tonight. Everyone, as you've heard a week or two ago, he just moved and is in the process of getting his internet connection set up at his new place. Also, he will be uh, mounting the as promised Boba Fett photo poster behind him, so you can see uh, what's cool. You may notice behind me. I have a little on-air sign now. My wife got that for my birthday. Super surprised. You might have seen it on Twitter. So had to be sure. It will likely not be in future episodes, maybe maybe the rest of this season. But once I get that mounted above the door, uh, then it won't be seen anymore. So I wanted to show that off as well. But uh, we've got a good show lined up for you tonight. A great show lined up for you tonight. Um, and a lot of that is because we're in the final double game week of the season of the 2019 season can you believe it guys we are already wrapping this thing up it just seems like yesterday that we were starting out with with the first episode so um things things are crazy so let's just jump right into how we did last week in a very interesting double game week so let's start out how did your teams do michael um so my team did pretty pretty badly uh, I got 119, which I think was on the low end of the ranges. Um, I, I just found it a really frustrating week because I came on. I was like, I want Vela because I think and Morris because Rui Diaz and are trash. And then Chris Arnest and the bleeping bleep New York Red Bulls rotated <laughs> cock. And I think Royer wasn't on there too. So I didn't pick up Royer. Went with Barrios, Fernandez, and Rui Diaz because Morris also sat. And they were duds, just like I thought they were. And I was mad at myself, and mad at my budget, and mad at Ben Black. Um, let's see other highlights, including getting trapped in the Tulioma thing, having um, FC Cincinnati player on my bench not come in. 
um, because I had Parker who came in with 14, uh, but I didn't have nearly enough Red Bulls coverage um, after they rotated. Um, and that was really the ticket this week was to have a bunch of Red Bulls. Uh, what about you, Kyle? Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I was looking at the um, the thing that doesn't isn't real, which is the Dream Team, and it has five uh, New York Red Bulls on it, and my team had zero New York Red Bulls on it, um, which meant I scored about half the points the Dream Team scored. I, got, I came in with uh, 103, and uh, I'm sorry, 105, um, and the only thing I really did right was to start three DC United players, all of whom did not play. Um, that allowed me to auto ruin uh, Guzan, Kihi, and Ferreira, which all of Ferreira, Ferreira. Oh, I should make fun of myself now. I um, mean, if you pronounce <laughs> other names as well as you do your own, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Jay Ferreira, Ferreira. Um, that shouldn't be that hard. Uh, anyway, he, he did pretty good for his price point, but not good for the week. Um, so yeah, I think I was three thousand ish on the uh, week rank, which is think probably about as bad as you can do while still actively trying so uh yeah win some you lose some uh so i will throw mike a little bone because we did talk some about the new york red bulls last week and he was not high on royer of the new york red bulls players who are in the dream team royer is the lowest scoring of the five i will say so i mean i'll at least give you that if, if that helps at all uh, as for myself i got 130 points so pretty solid double game week i, I have to say um i uh, had i ran with clark as my goalkeeper so even though there was some strange things happen with the portland team uh, clark came through very well for me as a double game week goalkeeper uh, i had uh, hollingshead de Linnea, and robinson all on my, my defense and then i had on my bench leardom and uh i made a well, I'll tell you that in a second. I had Leardum. He ended up subbing in for me, uh, coming on. I had Valeri and Ladero, sort of the biggest, well, two of the bigger disappointments for me this week, as I'm sure many of you will agree with. Then I had Pity and Joseph, who came in very well. And then I had Rui Diaz, who was the biggest disappointment for me this weekend. I made a change at the last minute. Uh, I had Andrasic on my bench. And when I did not see him in the starting lineup, I pivoted to... Paxton Pomacall, and he ended up coming on as well for eight. And I also went with Kaku this week, so not... I listened to Mike. That's what it was. I should have listened to Mike's son. That's what I should have done. But uh, but no, so I had Kaku as well. Otherwise, 130 points. Pretty pleased with that, I must say. Let's go to chat real quick before we get to the, the head-to-heads. Uh, scrolling back up. We've got Chris, 135, week rank 318. That's awesome, Chris. Uh, Christian, 145, now 39th overall. High five. Digital high five for you. That's awesome, man. Um, let's see here. Nano, 135, number 240 overall. Shannon with 127. JoJo with 126. Eric, 112, 27 points over average. Still a little bit low, but yeah, you're above the average. That's good. That's all that matters right there. So a lot of awesome scores right there. Uh, good job. Good job, chat. Way to, way to show. Moving over real quick to the head-to-heads, because we focused a lot on this last week, and it's, it's getting intense. The hosts, invitational, head-to-head league. We were in the quarterfinal round, and boy, was it interesting. Uh, we had... Uh, Sherry, who was on the show with us last week, big winner this week, 141, beating 
That's right, beating Steve McPherson from Minnesota, uh, who had 124 points. So she had had a, a fantastic score. She messaged me earlier in the week and was like, oh, "I'm not, I'm not sure about this. I'm feeling kind of worried." And I was like, "Good luck. Don't worry about it." And she she just blew it out of the water. So congrats to Sherry wins. And then we had the matchup: Ben Bear versus Matt Pollard from Last Word on Sports, Last Word on Soccer now, and. Um, I think Matt's probably one of the comeback stories of the year. Would you say so, Mike? He was—he really struggled last season, but he's beaten the Bear, one thirteen to one eighteen. Yeah. That's that's amazing. Makes it to the semis. Anytime you can put down the Bear in a key situation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our fourth game was Jason Wiskovich, the the just uh, former co-host, uh, co-host emeritus. He'll be back sometime with us. Uh, beats older goaler, one of our our just powerhouse. Discord members right there, 129 to 119, another close. And then I saved this one because this was my game, and it was a nail-biter the whole way. Every time I kept checking my lineup, we were maybe I was up by a couple, maybe Ryan was up by a couple, or we were just dead even. But uh, Ryan Anderson at MLS Fantasy Stats and I went head-to-head, and I ended up winning 130 to 123. We had a few differential picks through there. Uh, but it was it was wild. It was a wild game. So that has set up a semi-finals match. Sherry is going up against Matt Pollard, which will be epic. And then an MLS Fantasy Insider Classic Derby. We have Jason Wiskovich versus myself, and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting for this final double game week. It'll be it'll be a good time. So congrats to everyone. Thanks everyone who has been playing in our league so far this year. It's been it's been awesome. Also, don't want to not mention the Patreon League. Uh, Skiles is still leading with a record of 12-1-0 right now. Got that key win last week, but Seagraves is right behind him, 11-1-1. So this is coming down to the last couple of games for the Patreon head-to-head league. Or, sorry, the, the Patreon. I'm getting them all mixed up. The Patreon head-to-head league, not invitational, <laughs> unless you count having to be a Patreon member. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> But it's intense. Well, this you're is all invited to be. Yeah. Yes, you're all invited. You just have to subscribe. And, and throw some, some cash in and help contribute to this awesome project that we have going on. But we'll let Kyle mention some more about that in a few minutes. Uh, what we're here to talk about right now is round 29, what we learned and getting ready for this final double game week. So guys, I'm going to let you start by talking about your most surprising moments and your most important fancy takeaways. And then we're going go to go to chat. So everybody in chat, be ready with those same questions because we want to know what you have to say. That's really what we love most about this show in this new format and what we hope you all who are participating now and what you all who are listening later on the podcast like is we want to interact with you all and answer the questions that you have. So we'll give you our thoughts, then we'll hear your thoughts. So let's uh, let's start out. We'll let Mike ease everything in to this call. I know you've, you've joined us a few times in chat before, but Mike, so what were your most surprising moments from this very fun double game week? Um, I think the the two the probably the biggest was Joseph Martinez going down um, with his leg, ankle, knee injury, whatever that was. I, I don't know if it's just a surprise or just a shock. I mean, just a big impact. Uh, you know, I mean, they spent like twenty minutes talking about it an extra time this, today. Uh, it, I mean, it's going to be the most important story going into the Eastern Conference. Uh, it's really going to change the way this week uh, looks for sure. Um, after that, it's, um, it's it's what you have written down. Um, but for, for me, it's mostly Portland um, getting no goals with two home. Um, I mean, the Red Bulls kind of came into this week struggling. 
shocking and then to pull off two wins i think was shocking for the rebels to get two clean sheets was shocking uh pretty much everything related to that uh, i know you had written down that seattle getting no goals was also shocking um, with ladero being hurt on that the tail end of that it's not quite as shocking to me it, it's you know it's still mind-blowing i mean in the, i mean kind of the story of this was a lot of teams out, outside of the Red Bulls having you know high pressure games and just choking the way off um i mean e even atlanta barely getting past san jose for that you know critical three points philly dropping a bad one to the red um, most of the teams on the playoff bubble as a big talking point today dropping points dallas san jose Orlando, new england the list goes on and on um, I mean, we got a few clinches, but most of them backed into it. It was a happy while I was sleeping. So, yeah, it was just kind of a weird round, especially for the double game week. All of the big players just did absolutely nothing, except for, like, Pity and Joseph Martinez. And even that was kind of underwhelming for what we thought they would yeah. Kyle, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I would say the, the thing that surprised me most about this week, maybe not fantasy-related, but um, MLS-related, is is the fact that nobody seems to want to be in the playoffs in the West, I guess. Um, <laughs> it's it's shocking to me that there's, like, what I'm, I'm looking at the standings right now, and there's six points in between second and eighth. Um, and I, I love seeing uh, the, the Timbers outside the, on the wrong side of the red line, but it's... Um, <laughs> I mean, that's. I, I feel like they're trying really hard to stay down there, and Seattle's not looking much better. Um, I, it's it, it's mind blowing to me that it's this tight. Um, but it, I, on the flip side, like it's pretty cool that um, the last two weeks and the last what two or three games, depending on the team, um, all really matter. Uh, it's nice to have stakes. I think in 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 other formats around the world, there'll be these will be effectively dead games, right? If, you know, got a twelfth yeah. place playing a tenth place, team, nobody cares. Um, in in this context it there's uh, still something to play for yeah for sure um, for sure definitely yeah. they, they mentioned some of that on i guess extra time a couple of weeks ago how they were talking about this transition maybe to the the nation's league uh, cups and everything that are that they have going on uh could change the way the playoffs work with having a true um supporter shield and then moving away but that that is something i do love about our I playoff that, structure I, I, I knew you would i knew I you would hate that. i hate <laughs> it and but, i hate the fact they wasted 15 minutes of extra time talking about this <laughs> stupid fantasy booking instead of MLS play. Oh but that's oh just something I do I'm love about our playoff structure. I, I love that we do have these games between these teams who are fighting for that red line, even though I'm sure we all may have difference of opinions of how many teams should be making it to a playoff um, or how maybe these final games may matter more in some sense than some of the early games. But I love that I mean, some of these games matter and and that's that's why i put this uh comment in here it came from at good kid dad city on twitter and he said that uh the two teams that surprised him the most were portland and seattle because in the midst of a playoff race uh <laughs> they, that they could play four games for a combined total of zero goals and i just it just hadn't sunk in like i hadn't really let that information sink into me until i read it from him and i was like wow that's that is nuts with we were just promised, not really promised, but we just expected Portland to do better with the uh, note from chat, 49 shots fired off with no goals either from the Portland game. Um, but we just expected Portland to do well with this back-ended home schedule. We almost expected Seattle to do well too, 
just based on history of it's like well it's the second quarter of the season let's let's get this thing going and and finish it up just like we usually do so definitely some some big things there uh the number of clean sheets were surprising particularly for me fc cincinnati's clean sheet just did not see that coming so kudos to the several people who i saw and the others i'm sure who were listening who had an fc cincinnati player on their bench as a switcheroo option you got some good points this week uh i'm happy i'm happy about that um I want to add sure. something on FC Cincinnati. They should have beaten Atlanta. If you watch that game, like they were the better team until Joseph yeah, Martinez yeah, they took a chance at enough to score. Uh, and the expected goals back set up. Um, honestly, Atlanta looked awful in both of their games. I mean, they won them both, so who cares? But uh, I was kind of surprised that they just didn't dominate both of the teams they played. San Jose losing Espinosa uh, so I mean, you would have thought that would have been a route, and then they could have taken off Joseph Martinez, but that wasn't the case, and now they're not going to have Joseph until maybe round two of the playoffs. Uh, some comments from chat. Uh, other people are agreeing about the number of zero zero clean sheets that we have. Uh, people, Portland's offense, or lack thereof, as Chris says, another big comment. I think a lot of people are really were leaning more on Portland and uh, – that's that's maybe that was just our fault like expecting more than what we've seen the results have because they've they've had a few rough results as well uh tfc i've seen the comment right there uh Mm -hmm. christian comes in tfc and uh yeah i've got that on here lafc versus toronto one one draw um i i am surprised by that because i think we expected that to be a blowout from Mm -hmm. lafc especially since vela did play back in the fray um, but yeah, a one-one draw. So congrats to Toronto for for holding that out. Uh, makes things very interesting to say the least. Uh, but that was definitely a big surprising moment for me as well. Let's move on to. Oh, go ahead. Well, I'm, I'm, I wanted to ask. So mm-hmm. LAFC. It seems like nobody in the West is. All, all of a sudden, everybody's just kind of taking a month off. I'm remembering. <laughs> LAFC was going to have, um, you know, set the record again, and now they have three games, and they're sitting on 65 points. I, I just kind of assumed in August that they were going to break 70, and it wasn't going to be close. Um, but now they actually um, might might not do as well as two teams last year after all the praise they got mm. um, through the summer, deservedly Ooh. so. But it's nice. Um, yeah, it's 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 weird that that nobody in the West, um, I guess they they all thought that. That, I have no idea what's going on there, but um, nobody seems to be um, uh, thirsting for it. So, Yeah, LAFC is winless in five, and I mean, part of that is Vela's injury, but he's back. I really think them losing to the Galaxy has had like a really big <laughs> effect, both on their own yeah. mindset and like the mindset of... Because they just... I think everyone's like, you know what? They're vulnerable. I don't care how many points they have. You, they, they can be beaten. If, if the, the Galaxy can beat them, it's as bad as they're... Anybody can beat them. So teams are coming in there with confidence, and LAC just doesn't look like they have that confidence. Do we think? Like, they could be knocked out in one with the way they're playing right now. Do we think any of it is that they've made it so they're feeling like they don't have to put as much just just emphasis? I mean, maybe, but I mean, that's a back and forth on that, right? Like, like, I mean, it's hard to say that professional athletes. Well, I mean, in a playoff structure, it makes sense to kind of leave some gas in the tank for um, for the postseason. But the other flip side is you lose your momentum, you lose your yeah. kind of patterns of play. And, and maybe that stuff um, is hard to maintain over the course of 34 games and then also the play the playoffs. But 
certainly something you know these these machines aren't tuned to run 34 plus plus extra well let's move on to some of the fantasy takeaways that we had from this round uh if you guys are in chat go ahead and start letting us hear your takeaways kyle let you start this one out fantasy takeaways yep um <laughs> well any if you uh, want don't, to don't start don't start seattle or portland i would say uh penetrating uh insight there um yeah i i had morris too i i actually one of the things that i've been thinking about is is less about the game and more about how i play it and that is these double game weeks um on the west coast uh mean you gotta know you gotta be looking at your lineups at like 4 p.m uh which if you're working a professional nine to five, uh, that's a bit of a problem. And um, I, I need to think about that more because, for example, I, I tried to tweak some stuff. I didn't press save. And so Morris was in my starting 11 and he, I didn't mean for that to happen. He was in a rough draft that I never came back to. Um, so I, I think this, the especially with this next one, like I'm, I'm going to make sure that my I'm looking at the schedule for this Wednesday. New York City and Minnesota are the, the quote, early games um, for the, the West Coast at four and five. I'm going to make sure that those people are either lock-on starters or they're on my bench just because I my work day on Wednesday is pretty busy and I don't want to have to double check that. I've, I've blown a lot of weeks this year uh, thinking that I was going to come back to it and then just life gets in the way. Um, so, so I don't know. That's a bit of both. Yeah, no, that's a real good point. I, I think the, the time zone is definitely a unique element. Well, not unique, I know. But is a lot of people are just interested, used to watching sort of fantasy premiere or just Premier League and playing fantasy there, and the time zone is not an issue there. So it's it's definitely uh, for the for the larger country, it's definitely something that we do have to contend with, and it it highlights just the importance of looking at those times in general because oftentimes, especially when you're working with the switcheroo, that's the key element, especially on these double game weeks. For okay, this guy's playing the 8 o'clock game that's going to wrap things up about 10 o'clock. So the 10.30 games are the games I'm going to have to look at for my switch options. Or those are going to be the safe bets. Or I'm going to have to come back earlier and make a gut call off of maybe only 75 minutes of a game. So, um, yeah, time is so important, definitely, for, for this game. Mike, what about you? Um, my, my takeaway is more just trying to figure out what Atlanta is going to do without um, Joseph Martin. Uh, I'm wondering if Pity Martinez could becomes more valuable as a result of whether you just kind of slough all all Atlanta defenders and on, or excuse me, Atlanta attackers. I don't really have a decision on that yet, um, but that's something I'm trying to trying to work through. I, I do agree with Kyle. I, I'm not picking up any Portland or Seattle. Well, I say I'm not picking up any Portland. I might be forced to. Still, it's still cheap. Uh, um, I think maybe the other takeaway is we also late got a draw and rotated heavily, so I'm really interested in them for this coming week uh, because everyone's going to be fresh, uh, all their key players. So that that's something I'm really looking at. Other than that, it's just you know weird games. It, but it's the kind of that, that time of the season. You have some teams that are like, all right, we're shutting people down because we're pretty sure we're going to make the playoffs, so we're just going to kind of get some rotate some rest in just to make sure they're good to go. And then, you know, some teams like fighting crazy, like Dallas and against New York City. They were throwing elbows, desperate to try to get through the points. It's just that time of year where it's a lot harder to predict what's going to happen because you don't know how different teams are going to approach different teams. 
Yeah, so you mentioned a couple of good names right there with Pretty Martinez, or one good name there, Pretty Martinez. I think that also brings the name to mind of many other people is, well, maybe Gressel is going to be scoring well here. But you overlooked Vialba. And so, I mean, he got an assist last week in that second game. Uh, I think if you are really looking for that coverage, that Vialba is another name that you could put higher on your list as a takeaway from the potential well, and injury that, right there. That was the conversation on extra time, was whether or not Vialba comes in and takes Joseph Martinez's spot. Barco is also coming back. Or whether Pity Martinez kind of moves up, if that's what I understand. So maybe an Atlanta fan can kind of give us a little bit more direction to what's the most likely scenario. Um, <coughs> but, it, but it'll be really interesting to see what they do. Um, I mean, this... this this next game is, is the biggest game for them because if they, if they lose this game, they're pretty much locked into... Well, I mean, maybe they're locked in third place depending on what Philly does. But, I mean, more than likely, they're second and third place in which, which they get. Yeah. So, for me, I'm going to add in right here important takeaways. Uh, mostly the discussion I wanted to have is we had a lot of conversation last week about Royer over Kaku. And uh, the important takeaway for me was it was Royer who came away with more points this week. But I believe, Mike, you were talking about how the rotation was likely for Royer, and we did see that. Uh, does that... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And, I mean, Royer came on late and got a goal. You know, kind of a garbage-time goal in the game against Philadelphia. I mean, he's a good player, but, I mean, that's the issue. Is that he's been, he gets rotated. So this does and not then, impact I mean, you at all? Struggle. No, I mean, it's, it's the same problems that we've had all year with Chris Arnes and, and his midfield. You want them because they're cheap, but the reason that they're cheap is because Chris Arnes keeps rotating and he keeps popping up the subs. I mean, with, with the way the point structure has been this, one of the problems I, I've had is that I have a lot of guys who get rotated in that second game, and then I lose tons of value because they get put up on his And the system is really heavily designed price guys to punish that substitution appearance. So, you know, I, 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 we'll see what Ben does with that next year. But, I mean, that's been the problem for the New York all year. Outside of their back, they just rotate really heavily. Uh, a couple of comments in chat. We've got uh, from Charles saying, finally, I took Rutowski. So, congrats there. He had a good score. I think 17 points is what came there. And then we got a comment here from from Ryan Anderson, who may or may not be our Minnesota Ryan Anderson. We have two Ryan Andersons. Uh, but we got Coach said Vasquez has a possibility of starting in Joseph's spot down in Atlanta. So keep an eye on that lineup if you're looking for an Atlanta forward this week, uh, definitely. Uh, for myself, the other one, just the one I put on here, uh, New England shine seems to have worn off. Maybe people have gotten to that point already, but they're a double game week team this week. So we've talked about Portland, we've talked about New England, so I wanted to make sure I mentioned them as well. That's one of my takeaways. It, it it's tempered my desire to, to look for New England coverage going into this round. Other comments I've seen from members in, in chat on Twitter. Uh, just Here we go. That's, that's our Fantasy Stats, Ryan. Welcome, Fantasy <laughs> Stats, Ryan. Uh, I think we accidentally credited you being here inappropriately a few weeks ago, so I just wanted to be sure. Um, on Twitter, some, some comments from people who are with us in chat. Sometimes, tonight, not tonight... But uh, people, important takeaways, avoid Seattle attackers. Sorry, Kyle, in quotes there. Boy, did they let me down. Uh, do you have a comment about what's wrong in Seattle? Uh, honestly, I don't. We've. I, I want to blame injuries because that's always the convenient thing to do. But um, 
uh, to be honest, there, there have been two uh, um, people that are players that have joined the team in the uh, summer window, um, uh, and neither of them have done too much. Um, Luis Silva and um, the name of the uh, holding midfielder, who of course I can't remember right now. Um, neither of neither of them have have really shown a, a much to. Uh, certainly, we needed more from them, and hopefully they'll. Uh, get integrated in time for the playoffs, but um, I don't know. I'm I'm feeling fairly pessimistic about um, unless we get a home game, then we might win the first one, and then after that, it's whoever goes into the LAFC grinder, presumably if they get back on pace. Um, and and then that, I'm yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little dejected. So, uh, chat of course and Twitter was also commenting about Valeri. Just the two most common comments this week were Seattle and Portland by far. Um, mm-hmm. Sherry made a great comment, and she said her most important takeaway was to have a plan for replacing or keeping non-starters. And I thought that was a fantastic take to have. She scored very well in the head-to-head this week, and I did that myself. Was I, I had the plan that uh, if Andrasic wasn't going to start, then I was going to get another Dallas player. I hadn't really settled on that, but I was looking at Dallas to see what was going on, so... Uh, for me, it was Paxton Pomichol. I had enough money left in my budget to pivot to that. Did you two guys have plans in place? And what about chat? Did you all have a plan for a pivot in place going into this last round? Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of had an idea of what I would do. I mean, the problem is my plan was just not very good. Because whenever Kaku and Boyer, <laughs> I pivoted away from the Red Bulls and then had to bring in Fernandez, had to dump Bluff. And bring in Fernandez. Um, now the one I, I I really wasn't expecting was Morris not to start, but I mean that was a pretty easy switch to Rui Diaz anyway, yeah. uh, because I had already done Vela. I mean I had kind of an idea of what to do. Um, now this I'll be a little dicier because I'm really tight on. We'll get into that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I um again kind of. Not, not too far from Mike. I, I had a great plan, and then I uh, changed it. And my changing of that plan was a really bad idea. I had uh, no money left, so I had three different DCU players at four dollars, and all of them, um, I kind of intended to see what Kihi and Biafanya and Ferreira uh, were going to do. Um, but when I saw that none of them did too well, or I had two, you know, two switcheroos, and Kihi did well with the clean sheet. Um, but Ferreira wasn't worth keeping. I didn't have enough money to replace him, so um, ended up his score passed on anyway. Oh, well. It's funny you mentioned budget. That was my my final other topic here before we moved on to to letting you talk about Patreon. Um, Last week, we had some conversations about... Oh, we lost your video, Kyle. Uh, We had some conversations about the importance of budget, and, and now you're back. And we had sort of settled on... Uh, the, the, the specific conversation was how much money do I need to leave or can I leave in my bank? Um, wrote a little bit of an article that touched on some of that last week as well for the fantasy newsletter through MLS Soccer. And uh, we had some different opinions of, of by this point of the year, you're probably pushing $130 million, so you could be okay to leave money in the bank. But uh, as Ryan and I found out, a comment he made to me was he had run out of money and for making some of the selections that he wanted to do in our head-to-head. And then Kyle's here talking about how he's run out of money. And uh, that really impacts you. And so it, it just blew my mind and that this point of the year 
that people would still that money would still be that big of a deal and i assume it's just because the players are still going up and uh ryan's big takeaway that he shared on twitter was that uh you need to budget build at least longer than he did so i don't know how long you were you were budget building ryan but um mike is one of our main uh, gurus in budget building so this year well you understand the process man come on come on um, yeah, I mean, this year was really tough to do budget building because you had the double game leagues. And the, the and like I said before, I went hard on double game league guys and got burned a lot. And, like, those suck. Knock it down. Like, I'm at – like, you were talking about 130. I'm at 120. Or I guess maybe a little, little bit over 123. I guess it's tech 123.6. Um, and, I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I mean, generally my defender picks have been pretty – um, this year, and that's kind of kept me from bad overall scores, and it's also hurt uh, as far as the budget price. If you, if you nail the defenders, that's I think is one of the easiest ways to get prices because they start off lower and go higher. Uh, and I mean, like right now, like honestly, like that was the toughest uh, area to pick. So many of the defenders on the good teams have just ballooned so high, like, even with the midseason reset, um, it's unreal. I mean, multiple defenders are like in the seven, eight range. Which I, I don't think we had as many players last year in, in so high. And last year was pretty much just Graham Zussi was crazy. And then everyone else was like a tier below him. There was still Zussi, Hedges, that kind of thing, yeah. yeah. I uh, mean, this year, like like the Hollingshead's in that um, same category. But, I mean, there's a lot of other players who are super expensive. Um, yeah, it's it's been wild. But, I mean, I think yeah. also Vela is, is a huge – because, I mean, he's $15 million. Um, and that just saps your budget really, really quick. And this, I had a, a very civil conversation, short conversation about FPL, MLS, fancy MLS on, on Twitter today. And and again, it focusing on the limited transfers being the strategic part of this game. But I mean, with the way this budget situation is working, you mentioning that right there, Mike, it's like, do you want to drop $15 million on Bella? I mean, that's going to eat so much of your budget up at this, especially this point in the season when you're looking at defenders who are seven to nine million in situations like that. So I think that gets overlooked a lot by people who who want to disregard the strategy from MLS just because you have unlimited transfers. That there is a budget management element to this game that can be very important because you can just copy the teams that we talk about. You can just copy the team that gets posted or pick the the top picks that Skylar puts out on his articles each week and, and just go for those players. But there's always someone budget who's who's doing well. There's always the New York Red Bulls who are going to come in here and with their rotation are going to get someone going well. There's always Shabilko or, or one of these low-cost players who are going to come in there and get a great game. So the the ability to try to identify that find the budgets the the great diamonds in the rough that's that's where the big not the big but one of the big strategic elements is still in this game so um i guess in some ways we're going back a little bit on what we were talking about last week is don't necessarily leave money on your budget but have a plan have that that um pivot plan in place and don't just leave money on your budget on your on your in your bank because you can just consider each of those choices to make sure you really found the guys that you like for each spot that have the best point scoring potential so maybe that's just generic advice but i I think it's something that it really hit home this week for some people i'll also throw out i think it's um 
easier to have like a big budget um, on the in um, on a single game week where you can kind of use it more towards switch rooms and have a plan. Double game week's a little harder on, unless you really have an idea of you know, you know this guy doesn't do. I know this late game is going to be great. I mean, you could have done that with Vela this time, but the, I mean, with so many of the double game week teams also playing on, it wasn't the easiest thing this time. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's going to really work this week, but that's another scenario where that would make sense. So basically, that's not really going to happen anymore because the last week of the season is a single game weekend. They all so, uh, so that yeah, may, maybe in the future if this system is kept. That's... Yeah, I remember in the first the first what half of this season, which was a different season, the spring season. Um, I focused more on building a budget, and um, I finished my, way stronger than I did. This this uh, second, the fall season, there were fewer games, so I, I did that pivot a little sooner than, in retrospect, I probably should have. I'm at I'm at 220 or 125 right now, and I'm trying to put together a uh, a lineup to talk about tonight. And I got like seven thousand or seven bucks to fill three roster spots. So <laughs> we'll see how that works. Um, that's, That's just fun. Um, yeah, and to, to Mike's point, the fact that there are double game weeks makes it, oh, well, there's usually one good game, one bad game, and you say, all right, well, I'm going to buy the good game and then get the bad game as extra, and and that tends to justify the spendier um, players as mm -hmm. well. So so to your, um, you could usually get by, you'll, you'll find the, the 4.5 mil defender uh, playing at home against FCC, and uh, on a single game week, that makes sense. Um, but on a double game week, that that almost never makes sense because that's the player that's likely going to get rotated. Um, or there's you know there's somebody you can get 180 out of if you pay just a little bit extra, and then all of a sudden your bench is. So it's uh, I, I haven't I'm not the I'm not the first person to describe this struggle, but it would be nice maybe uh, for those data folks out there to kind of crunch some numbers and and get a better idea of what, you know, maybe what week, maybe like two thirds to, or I'm sorry, two fifths of the way through the season is when you should pivot. Um, there might be a sweet spot there that I don't know. I, I certainly haven't. Oh, that would be cool. That'd be cool. If it makes you feel any better. I'm pushing 129 and my first draft of my team, I looked up and after I was finished, I was like, oh, I'm 14 million in the hole. Okay, well, let's, let's, <laughs> let's rework this. So doesn't matter what your budget Almost is. one Vela, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. I'm a Vela in the hole. Let's see. All right. Uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, let's move on to our housekeeping now. Uh, this is, as, I, as we've said, the final double game week of 2019. Uh, a bunch of teams are on a double game week. New York City FC, Atlanta with a double away game. Minnesota with a double home game. Sporting Kansas City, Real Salt Lake with a double home game. LA Galaxy, LAFC, Houston with a double away game, Portland, New England, San Jose with a double home game, and Philadelphia with a double away game. So a whole mess of teams. I, I don't think we'll see any single game week players in lineups this week. I'd be shocked if we do. Uh, a lot of great options right here. Which teams are on a bye? No teams are on a bye because everyone's playing and it's, it's just going to be a madhouse. Uh, a little update from 538 about the teams who have clinched a spot, who have been eliminated, and who are on the bubble, if that helps with your decision-making, because as we saw this week, I think it does play heavily into these final rounds. Uh, DC has clinched, New York City FC, New York Red Bulls, Toronto, 
congrats had uh, to JoJo. There you go. Uh, LAFC, Atlanta, and Philadelphia are all the teams who have officially clinched a spot in the playoffs. There are still only two teams who have been eliminated 100% from the playoffs, and that is FC Cincinnati and Vancouver. And then finally, teams who are on the bubble, and that is, as I'm selecting it, teams with less than a 10% chance of making the playoffs. We have Montreal, which that should be probably a shocker in and of itself, which is what we thought was going to happen for Montreal this year. But Montreal, Colorado, Houston, Columbus, Sporting Kansas City, and Orlando are all right there on the bubble. So probably none of those teams are going to make it. Rapid staying in contention this long. That's amazing. <laughs> that is. I mean, yeah, they've they've done they've had a great season. San Jose's had a great season. Uh, Montreal's season has been nuts. Portland's has been nuts. Uh, New England's been well, an up and down story. Great season since May. <laughs> well, that's uh, so. No, I mean, I'll I'll give them a little bit more. They they had okay, maybe not a great season, but they have had sure they they've had high points. Lot. They've had a lot of high points throughout the year. I mean, when you're looking at at some of the, the offense, they have they have. I'm just being nice. I'm being nice. Uh, but Mike, let's just go over to the housekeeping right now and let you talk about that before we let Kyle talk about Patreon. All right. Um, you know, as I just checked, disciplinary summary has been updated. Sorry, guys. Um, injuries and red cards. Um, there's a bunch for New York City. Uh, Tinnerholm left with what looked like a concussion. I wouldn't expect him to play. Um, Keaton Parks also left with an injury, but no updates been given yet. Um, on the plus plus side for the Pigeons, um, Bear is supposed to come back, but he's supposed to come back on the bench for Atlanta, maybe. Um, and then kind of one of those asterisks here. Um, if New York City does win and Philadelphia drops points, New York City would clinch their first game. And their second game is at that point as a New York City fan. I want all of our good players placed into a lockbox, close up the lockbox, and lock the lockbox and wait until the playoffs. So just kind of a word of warning for any New York City uh, for that, uh, let's see. Red cards, Espinoza, Wondolowski, um, Almeida. For, so three San Jose, two San Jose players and one coach <laughs> San Jose. Um, Beasler for um, SKC also sent. Um, there was a bunch of rotations, but not a whole lot of injuries that I could tell, or at least they claimed they were rotations and weren't injuries. We'll see. Except for Ladero, who got who said that there was an injury, but I haven't seen the timetable. Um, and the only disciplinary notes I will throw out there is uh, Ring for New York City uh, is back on warning. Um, let's see. Todd Castellanos is on warning. Uh, Sean Johnson is on warning. Zimmerman, K and Blessing were on warning. Um, and again, some of these players could have been suspended, but I just didn't have the time because I, uh, I had a business trip during most of the day and let's see if there's any other big names that you want to avoid do, do, do. Uh, Carlos Heel is on warning so that's a big one uh, yeah I think those are all the players that you have so uh, yeah that that's that's a way to look um, I, I don't know of any other red cards unless I miss some give it to me in chat nice oh yeah. and yes uh, the Canadians want me to make sure that the championship or the voyagers um is this wednesday or tuesday i'm not i know it's mid uh it will be played at toronto montreal 
Rose in that with a one nothing lead. So that'll be an interesting game. I don't think it's actually able for us in the States to see. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Unless you use various different uh, ways on the internet. Various ways of the Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Of the internet. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, and of course, Christian does want us edge. to point out that uh, both Montreal and Toronto could be considered to be on a double game week this week because of that Canadian Voyagers Cup championship game. Uh, however, the only important note from that. Uh, is they get all of the worst parts of a double game week and none of the benefits of a of game week. So no extra points for us, but potential tired legs. And yes, JoJo, I am sure, and I just did refresh the It is only, it has not been updated yet, the disciplinary summary. It hasn't been updated because um, MLS just, I, I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> All right, so before we get to our round 30 preview, as always, when we have one of our amazing Patreon guests with us, we give them a moment to talk about why they are a patron and uh, what they get out of this fantastic community. So this week, it's Kyle. So Kyle, share us, share with us, there we go, a little bit about yourself. Uh, for those of you who are listening to the podcast, Kyle has a sweet setup with his, his microphone here, which makes me think he has some uh, experience podcasting or, or streaming or something that I want to hear more about. And he's also got a wicked sweet poster behind him with a, that's right, Casey Keller pictured prominently <laughs> as the goalkeeper there from a classic Seattle Sounders. So, uh, Kyle, let us know a little bit about yourself, uh, your fantasy history, and why you choose to be a Patreon supporter. Yeah, well, I'm. Uh, thanks for having me. This is uh, one of the things I've been most excited about this uh, whole season. Um, yeah, I've been doing. Uh, I, I live in Tacoma, uh, Sounder supporter, and been doing fantasy. Uh, my fellow season ticket holders um, and I got uh, got into it together about five years ago, and uh, back when the uh, valuation of the of the players was based on people trading them in and out, and you had to like really plan out two months worth of transfers because you got yeah, two yeah. free, and then it would DPL you know, system char charge you. Oh man, it, I, there yeah pros and cons, but um the um I did enjoy that part of it the value. Anyway, um the reason I'm a supporter is um I really enjoy what you guys are doing here. I think it's a great project, and I think um it fills a need right. And when I um, to, to draw an analog to NFL. I, I never really watched NFL until one of my high school buddies decided to, you know, loop me into a fantasy team. And all of a sudden I'm like listening to five different podcasts and there's a huge, <laughs> um, you know, ecosystem of fantasy American football. Um, and, and really this is it right now for fantasy MLS. And um, I think you guys do great work. So, so I wanted to be a part of it. Um, it's good content. It's a really good community. Um, I love the discord. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is um, during the uh, regular season is on this setup that you were describing. I have more screens than I uh, should, and um, I'll, I'll have uh, you know one stream. Oh, I'll be playing a, a Rim World on one screen and then streaming two games uh, with MLS or ESPN <laughs> Plus on the other, and watching the Discord while people are you know sending the eyes emojis because all my streams are. A little behind. Um, it's just that's so much fun that's so much fun and and really getting into fantasy is um how you get into uh, understanding all the, the rest of the teams right like you, you get a you get to know the the third string defender on on you know team uh, minnesota or the, you know you'll, you'll figure out that oh pogba plays sometimes but not all the time but you know, <laughs> double game week he's worth it i don't know 
also yeah the other pogba um <laughs> so so that's cool um and it just makes the all the games a bit more interesting you know who's playing and who's good who's on a streak that kind of thing. um so yeah that, that's that's why i'm a supporter i i think it's um i think it, it feel it fills a void and i think um mls is really uh, I think Mike is beating the drum hardest on this, that MLS is really missing an opportunity by not investing in this kind of thing. Um, so I think as as members of this uh, community, it's it's up to us to, to build it. And I'm, I'm glad to be a part of it. We are super excited to have you as a member of the community, one of our top Patreon supporters, and to have you join us tonight. So even though before the show got started, Kyle had had mess. We were messaging an email, getting things ready. He was like, "I wish I did better this week before I'm coming on the show." It's <laughs> such a bummer. Yeah, of course. Um, like I hear that. That's that is one of the about. most common comments whenever we have a guest on the show. They're always like, "Man, I wish I did better last week before I come on to the show." Uh, so, but but hey, no, we're we're happy to have you here. And as I always say, one of the if not the most important just element of this show is just talking about the ideas and getting the information out there so that uh, you listeners, you in chat, can can hear what people are thinking about to process yourself. I mean, we are not trying to tell you who to pick. Sometimes it may come across that way, but we're not trying to tell you who you need to pick. We're just trying to share information, share thought process that you may not have thought about before so that you can make the most best... That's a horrible sentence. You can make the best educated selections for building the fantasy team that you think is going to do the best this round and that you have fun while you're doing it so that's what our hope is so that being said uh, and thank you jojo that was very well said by kyle um let's move on to our round 30 preview final double game week of the year the penultimate round of the season round 30 let's start by talking about the keepers defenders and clean sheets. Michael, who are you looking at? All right. So I'm going to kind of put this as a disclaimer. Right now I have Vela in my and I have a really bit of a bit of a budget crunch. So I kind of had to make the numbers work on the defensive end. So right now I have Vega. I'm not really confident in that, um, especially with Espinosa out for San Jose. But I'm still kind of trying to tinker with that. that that's what I'm going with right now. Um, I mean, at least San Jose does have two home games. Um, We'll see. Uh, then I have Eric Miller from New York City. Uh, I mentioned Tino Home as a concussion. I'm assuming he's going to miss both games, and his substitute is going to be Miller's $4 million. Um, New York City doesn't have a home game against Joseph Martinez, um, Atlanta United, and then you know, they play New England, which we mentioned earlier has been having a little bit of struggles. Um, so I think it's, it's a good shout, at least on the bench. And then also on my bench is Coloma because I have an addiction. I have a problem. Um, I just, he's cheap and I keep putting on my team. He's not going to do well. I already know I needed to have something as a switcher room. So I put him I mean, on my team. If I drop Bella, I will have more money and can do something. Um, the idea of better is RSL and Philly. Those are where I really like this. I have Silva from RSL and Gaddis from Philly. I would really like to upgrade both of those players. But that's what I. Um, RSL has two home games as uh, and then um, Gaddis will be playing a San Jose you know, without Espinosa and without Wondolowski. So even though they're on the road, it's not a bad. And then they go to Columbus, who we know has having, been having trouble scoring goals, uh, which is why since he got a clean sheet this past. So uh, I, I think Philly is kind of a sneaky defensive pick. 
uh, this week. Plus, I think we're going to be pretty confident that they will be going hard because we know that they don't want to go that tough. So even if they miss out on the top spot, um, I, I can feel pretty confident that the, they, they won't have any massive rotations for either of these. Kyle? Yeah, that makes sense. I'm. Uh, thanks for the Miller tip. That's that's why I listen to the podcast. I'm like, <laughs> we're the two people that I don't know about. Uh, so, yeah, Miller's in my lineup now. Um, that's great. Um, so <laughs> for... for uh, I should have kept for that to myself. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. Um, so the for, for keepers... Um, as as Mike said, I think I think Minnesota with the double home game and playing SKC who is already out of it and That's LAFC who are already into it. Um, there's there's nothing that either of their opponents can do, and there's everything to play for for Minnesota. So um, I'm I'm leaning more towards their defense than their offense, but we'll we'll see. But definitely uh, Manone, Manone. Um he's he's my starting keeper. I don't think I'll have a budget for a keeper. Um, we will see, but uh, I'm not expecting to. Um, if I, yeah, I would probably have to swing uh, Vela, and that would require dumping the other Vela. Wait, are there two Velas? Am I making things up? Who's the keeper for? Well, no wonder um, you have no money. You you doubled you yeah. doubled Vela. It's <laughs> off by one letter. Um, so so yeah, that that's my situation at goalkeeper for defense. Um, I have uh, Herrera with uh, RSL. Uh, Metonair, um, I, I think he's going to be money well spent, but if I end up cutting corners, he's probably the first. Uh, and um, the other one is a an LA Galaxy defender. Um, take your pick. They're they're all roughly five mil and roughly not great, um, but they are going to get a double game week, and they're playing um, Vancouver at home, so that should be a slam dunk clean sheet. Um, and yeah, that's 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 what I'm thinking about right now. Yeah, that's a great look at for LA Galaxy. That's definitely one of those situations where, like you said, I'm banking on one good game, and that second game is just all all extra. But in this case, the extra is the first game, and yeah. the game you're banking on is the second one. So, yeah, no, that's not a bad pick at all uh, for LA Galaxy this week. Usually I'm not super high on their players. Uh, I also like Metanair and Herrera. I think you guys have done, done a good job pointing those out. And, uh, Mike, you had some great little picks there as well for for those budget guys and i could not agree more about philadelphia having some good uh budget options um i don't know if i'd go with a defender i mean i, I like the idea of maybe a, a defensive midfielder or, or some of their offensive guys because um, but that's just me being so afraid of a double away game away. yeah for for that but but i still agree that i think philadelphia have some some good options this week in that very same motivation. I mean, Gaddis is not my only Philly pick, so. Sure. Oh no, no. I expect to hear more. I'm, I'm just <laughs> saying. For me, my my Philly, the options from Philly, I would go to, and that I did consider didn't didn't go back to defense. Uh, so you guys have picked up a lot. Um, I'm still considering an Atlanta player, maybe Escobar, someone someone cheap on the back. Uh, I think Valentin did play for Portland last week. If you're still looking for some more budget guys but i don't know if people really want to go with port i think if you're looking for a budget and you were looking at a portland player i think miller is a better option for for that so i think you've got i think you guys have covered a lot of it i am attempting currently a a keeper this week and it is with manone and vega it's just it's just the easiest way um 
I mean, I guess the easiest way is to go with with New York City FC, but I still do worry a little bit about Atlanta. What what could happen? Like you were saying earlier, Mike, if if they do have uh, Barco and Pity and all these guys come out just swinging, they could still have some stuff go back. And New York's missing some people. I mean, Tinder Home being gone's pretty pretty big hit in, in my opinion. So um, I'm not a hundred percent on the clean sheet, so I don't want to risk the keeper there. Um, but Nona's been good. Sporting Kansas City has been struggling. They might see some rotation, so I think he's got a good shot at the clean sheet. He's starting on my bench uh, for getting that set up. And then this is where the time element comes in. That's an 8 o'clock game. Uh, anticipated to be over around 10 o'clock. That leaves the the 10.30 games and the 11 o'clock game ready to go. I like San Jose. Um, they, they have some good good history with uh, defense and uh, Vegas cheap. Let's just be honest. That's that's it. He's a six point one <laughs> starter. So just like at the beginning of the year, I can talk him up all I want about right. I can talk it up all about like how there've been some upside with the defense and they've been pretty solid and they even missed a couple. But no, he's cheap. That's that's really what it comes down to. Is uh, is he he is cheap and Philly's on the road and so it's a little bit better odds. But um, that's if Manone doesn't get a good score and if he has, then he's just gonna go and um, it'll be all good from there. Extra money in the bank let's go to chat real quick see who they're looking about here um jojo really likes the miller tip right there mike so he appreciates that uh ryan anderson says uh bing him because he's cheap and he actually happens to be my number one keeper in my stats so uh there's another tip for la again looking at that vancouver who was out of the of the picture so bingham is another excellent keeper option people could look at and uh, then we have Christian who agrees Bingham in the net. So if you did want to go with uh, Bingham on your team, you could uh, you could make that work if you did uh, a Bingham Vega keeperu. You could you could swing that right there. You could still do it with Manone um, because that's you a nine thirty game, all, all right? Right, you'd have to end it early and really decide. So um, roll the dice for twenty minutes. That's better than you, know, you would rolling the dice for ninety. <laughs> you would, you really would. But yeah, so you could easily do a, a, a keeperoo with with a Bingham Vega, no problem, and a little bit more risky with Manone. And, and Jojo, it seems like you're asking what the Miller tip was. Um, it's that Eric Million, who's Eric Miller, who's a four million uh, dollar defender for New York City. He's probably going to get the start um, both times for right back because Tinnerholm looked like he got a concussion, so I would expect he's going to miss both. So apologies, I misread that. Let's move on to midfielders, Mike. All right, so I have five midfielders. Um, I went, they're pretty happy, so that's what the big crunch on my budget was. Um, So I have Montero, again, I think Philly, even though they're on the road, I think they're two pretty good matchups with the San Jose without uh, some key players due to suspension and without their coach. Um, I know the coach will be in the stands being obnoxious with his translate, but uh, I still still think it's a big difference. Um, and, Those and Mont- pictures on Twitter Montero's- were amazing, by the way. I don't know if you guys saw them. <laughs> of him just standing, uh, like, sitting in, um, uh, next to the season ticket holder, so it's great. And Montero has slowed down a little, little bit from um, the beginning of the year. He had that in back as good, but he's still been about five or six points. Um, so at 8.9, he's still not a bad pick for me. Um, I also have Carl. Uh, I know New England has slowed down, but he's still been doing – and they're in the thick of a playoff race, so I don't have to worry about rotation. 
And I mean, Portland's been bad enough where I'm actually at this point starting to pick people. Them. <laughs> I have Pavone. Um, yeah, again, maybe not, not as much for the RSL game in the beginning. That, that home game against Vancouver is is. Um, I have yep. Atuesta for LAFC. Um, LAFC have that home game against Houston midweek. That's a big game for me. Uh, I kind of, because something else you should have pointed out, if LAFC win that game, they will clinch supporters. So I kind of see mm-hmm. LAFC going hard on that. Maybe a little bit more nervous about the game in Allianz Field, but I, I kind of feel like LAFC needs to recover some mojo, so I'm not as worried about rotation. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just kind of my thoughts on that. And then I have Albert Rusnak. Um, he's been really good at home. Um, they have two home games, and they have two home games against terrible defensive teams. So I really like RSL uh, attackers this weekend. I, mean, I can only fit in Rusnak. Um, I think you kind of have to have the two forwards this week, um, unless you're going to go differential. But, yeah, I like Rusnak this week. Uh, 11 million is expensive, but not as expensive as 6L. Kyle. Yeah, a lot of overlap there, I think. Um, I got Rusnak. He was, I think, the first one. Double home game. Always does well. At, or maybe not always, but is uh, Houston, who has been eh. And then L.A., who, um, I mean, you're going to have one get one good, one bad. Um, so he, he was on the short list for sure. Um, I think uh, PT is probably worth the gamble this week, um, just without, without um, the other Martinez there running the show. I think he has a chance to step up and... I'm I, I'm not gonna win this thing, so hey, why not at this point? Have fun. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm doing okay in my my personal league, which is the only one that I super care about. But um, so generally, I, I play it close to the vest, or you know, I play conservatively. Um, but I think in this context, it's worth the gamble because I think Atlanta has something to prove still too. Um, I if I wish I had the money for Pavone, but um, I'm going budget for my LA Galaxy um, midfielder with Antuna. I, I hope that that's a good play, but I, I don't know that that might change before um, before tomorrow. And then um, Jackson Ewell is the other kind of budget option that I think has a good chance of putting up some decent bonus points. Yeah, those are some good those are some good options right there. I'll throw out uh, some other options. Um, no no faith in Morales, Mike. Um the qu- Question for um, is is one I think losing Tanner home hurts him a little bit. Mm. Um, for me, mostly it was a budget. Um, it was either him or heel. And, and my main concern is that he can kind of ha- on and off of hamstring injury. So if New York City wins that, first, I don't expect to see him that July. That's rested. That's, yeah. That's that's mm-hmm. my knock against Max Morales. I mean, if New York City draws that game, then yeah, he probably plays against Gillette because I think New York City really. Um, to skip that by, if for nothing else, so that they can avoid scheduling issues with the Yankees. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, that, that that's my con- that's my kind of big concern against New York City in, in general this week. It's why I only have Miller on my team. Um, is that if New York City wins and then you have that next game against, that's just a recipe for rotation. And Maxi would be the first one on the list because he's been kind of struggling in and out of injury. New York City is going to absolutely want to get hit. Yeah, good tip. Um, if you are looking for other options at Atlanta, I think Gressel is one to consider. He had a score really close 
to uh, Pitties this past week, and with different shifts there in the midfield, I think you had even more opportunities for Atlanta to try to share the ball around. So is it going to be Pity? Is it going to be Bialba? Is it, is it going to be Barco? Is it going to be somebody else? And I think that would get Gressel more involved, so he could be uh, a little bit more of a value pick to, to go with if you're looking for to save some money. I think Erickson could be in the conversation. Uh, two home games, he's been been really good option at, at midfield, back and forth between between uh, Vaco more often than not Erickson, uh, and then missing some of like Wando could could really lean to some of these guys. So uh, ten point eight, not a bad option. Pavone, I think is a is a great pickup right there as well. You guys hit a lot of the ones that I've been considering. Um, Rusnak as well. I think Madunyanin could be one you could look at um, as a defensive midfielder. Two away games, he could see a lot of bonus points. But he's also has several games these past few weeks where he's been involved in assisting as well. So you might be able to get a shot at an assist during that, especially if uh, Philadelphia does see the results go some of their way on the road that they're going to be hoping for. So uh, I think there are several good midfield options. I may rework my back line to, to get some of those budget picks in there to go with the fantasy mullet this week and get more. But I think this is a great week to look at a lot of the heavy um, midfielders and just, just a lot of a five-man midfield I think could be really productive. Uh, I'm not, I don't know about, about Carlos Heel. Um, I've just been kind of worried about some of the, the New England production recently, but I've had him in and out of my team today when I was working on it. But otherwise, I think you guys have thrown out a lot of, of great options there. Let's move on um, to forwards. Oh, go ahead. I have a quick question for Mike. It, what's the what's the deal with Medina? Is is he getting is he getting game time regularly right now? Should I be considering him at all for less than seven? I mean, no. He's a no. clear okay. substitute uh, issue. I mean, he had that one, um, and then he started, and then that was it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think he'd take, I mean, I don't think he'd push it off. And especially with um, kind of returning health, I, I could see, let me put it this way. If Medina starts, it would be in the second game. It would be because New York City has clinched first overall. and they just okay. have, So you would probably get a Medina without a Maxi. I mean, what gotcha. I would do on okay. top, it, you know, is Matriza, uh, Tavi Castle, um, and, and maybe Tajori. Um, um, or something. Um, I, I don't see Medina getting the start. We had a question. Rotating. We had a question about Gutierrez come in from the chat. We don't have Blaine to talk about uh, Sporting Kansas City, but I'm I'm worried about some rotations there coming near to the end. What about you guys? What do you think about a Sporting Kansas City midfielder as an option this week? Um. I mean, I, Gutierrez is a pretty solid one, but I think there are better ones. And I, I think, like I said, I, I, you know, the, that that's one of the teams that are it's pretty much done. So you could see some rotation. Um, also, so I mean, they're missing. So I don't know. I, I think actually, um, Kyle put in chat one of the more interesting rotation issues, which is LA. I could. I am kind of worried about LAFC. I mean, I, like I, we talked about earlier, I, I'm wondering if, if they win Supporter Shield. If, I mean, they sh shouldn't, but then again, Bob Riley's been kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to know what he's going to prioritize. Um, I, but I mean, if, if I were him and Velo was coming off an injury and they clinch it at home uh, against Houston, why, why would you put Vela on a, I mean, unless they still have charter flights left, I don't, I don't see him taking a commercial flight to Minneapolis, St. Paul, 
and then coming back just for for a, effectively a, a pointless game, right? They've they've won the thing at that point. Um, so I, yeah, the more I think I mean, about like, it, the more I'm wondering whether 16 million uh, invested in Bella might be better value spread around. I don't know. I mean, they they should because they need to kind of recapture some of their mojo. I mean, to, to me, Bella's already taken the, the top. Um, mm-hmm. but it's 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 something that's plausible. It really depends on how much they really care about golden all-time records and and all. You know, because I mean, like you said, if if they win, uh, <laughs> um, and then they get to then they would be at six. So. So if Slaton gets a hat trick on Wednesday, Minnesota, what's that? If Slaton gets a hat trick on Wednesday, then, then Vela is definitely going to Minnesota. Is that the <laughs> maybe? Is that the reason? See, I don't know. The Vela C care. Yeah, you know. probably not. Well, I mean, you're already talking about Vela. I don't, I don't know what to do about it. You're already talking about Vela and the chances. Since we're going to talk about forwards, we'll we'll just expand that. I I do have some worry about rotations with LAFC. I mean. There, there is that balance of do we clinch supporter shield, but also keep Vela healthy, uh, is one thing that I think is going to be definitely on their mind. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Vela, maybe not, not play both games. Like maybe he doesn't just play one game, but I mean, if he only plays half of a second game or thirty minutes, or comes in as like a late game sub in the first game, something like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Vela split some time this week. But what about Slaton? Do you think? his desire to push for a golden boot and just LA get LA galaxy get results is enough to make him like a lock for 180 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I think he is because I, I don't think LA galaxy is really in a position to clinch. I, that might be a conversation for me. Um, but I mean, I, I kind of see Zlatan playing, but not necessarily getting a result against our, which pretty much means he has to play against the, the white, and probably means he has to play next week. I mean, there's just too much riding on the fact that they need to get a playoff spot and they haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, even then, you're going to want to get home. You know, there's a lot of seeding issues there. It just makes me hard to imagine any of the teams from that two to eight group uh, rotating. It's not like New York Phony City or LAFC yeah. with lock. Um, th- th- there's a lot to to, to for, for all of them. I mean, even even in Atlanta, you know, they're, they're going to want to get as high of a seating as, as uh, unless they're just ap- absolutely knocked out of it and just like, well, we just need to rest up um, in the playoffs. You know, I, I, m- most of these teams just have too much. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the forwards you are considering, Kyle. Uh, yeah, so I was going. This is where all my money is. My my midfield's pretty weak, um, but I'm right now. I have uh, Vela and uh, Zlatan. Um, I mean, they both are on double game weeks. They're both what I think the highest scoring players in the game. Um, so on one hand, it seems like a no brainer. Um, that wrinkle with uh, Vela, um, the 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 chance that he might get rotated um, for Minnesota makes me second guess most of my choices tonight. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, but for, for now, those, those are the two uh, I'm starting. And then um, for a budget option in my, on my bench, I, I tend to, because I, again, mess up it's user error and scheduling. I try to have a, um, a scrub on the starting 11 and then 
um, bench players that definitely will play. Um, so in that vein, I'm probably going to go with uh, Johnson from RSL. I think Sam Johnson. And um, if not him, then probably Corey Baird. I like I like their matchups um, in, in Salt Lake. Yeah. So one of those yeah. two should should be good for for a good eight points or so. Mike. Uh, yeah, I also have Bella my first team. I mean, I think that's probably going to be the consensus um, just because of how many goals uh, they've been. And they both have really good. Um, I, I mean, and the, and the question with Vela really is if he gets rotated, is that game against Houston going to be enough? Houston's defense has been. Yeah. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. You know, so I, I mean, the problem is you're not going to be able to. Vela is rotated in that first game, well then, yeah, get him the hell out. But, um, and hopefully you'll have enough time to, to, to pivot to something else. Um, the, the, I, I do like the Baird and Johnson picks. I, I'm kind of have to kind of do some more research. Um, but my third forward pick, if I did pivot away from Bella just to kind of spread some money around, I think I would go with um, Priz from uh, the Philadelphia. Again, uh, the Earthquakes are having um, maybe kind of an odd pick. Uh, um, do Quintero or Toy from um, as Sporting Kansas City is not going to have um, so we kind of know the defensive issues they've been having and then if you think LAFC is going to rotate that game Minnesota is kind of a, the team. so that's kind of a interesting differential pick to kind of think well I have to say I currently have a team that does not have Vela in it what? I know, I know. I built a team without Vela. I have Zlatan in there. I have Shabilko from Philadelphia in there already. Uh, he's both on. He is on the road, but San Jose uh, could could allow some. Um, but there's also that Columbus game that I was really thinking about right there, and uh, he's he's on good form. That's that's what I was thinking. That maybe he might be able to get one through San Jose. We'll we'll see. Which he's on my bench as a switcheroo because I'm kind of hoping that. We'll see if that switcheroo or keeperoo works out. Uh, but then I had uh, Matrita as well as, a, as an option. But uh, I, I like what you guys are saying about RSL as some options there as well with, with their form and seeing who they have. So I think I'd rethink that. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just not sold on Vela this week. Uh, throwing it to you, chat, already to see what you guys think about. Do you think Vela rotates? But I don't know. I'm I'm just not sold. I, I I don't know if there will be some rest or some split time because wanting to make sure he's ready to go. Um, but you're bound. And, and I think I think they did mention this best on Extra Time Radio when they were talking about who was going to be in that Golden Boot race. And there was a, a thought that Vela is the most team focused player. So Zlatan's in it for him. Wants to get get that golden boot uh joseph also the same way that if if there was of those three players the one that it may mean the least to maybe it's fella now i mean you always want awards and trophies and and recognition for the stuff that you do but i i could see that from what i've heard about Vela throughout the year that that might not be on the front of his mind of something he has to get when put up against his team getting trophies so Currently, I have a Vela-less team, but I will be keeping an eye out on, on chats and keeping an eye up on Linus as well before I make that final decision myself. So I got, I got a couple of other players to 
shout out there in, in the vein of uh, Eric Miller, um, <laughs> some options to consider both at midfield and uh, forward. Uh, Emerson Heinemann, I think, played really well. Um, he's been getting 90 minutes in the last couple of months or weeks um, on, on Atlanta. And uh, with, uh, with Martinez out, I feel like he's probably the next person up when they rejigger everything that he... I don't know enough. Um, we'll certainly subject to check when the lineups drop, but um, he's only 5.2. Um, um, and then, uh, so uh, Diamande um, checked himself into the um, substance abuse and oh, yeah. mental health program, oh. um, which kudos to him. Uh, I think that's that's a hard decision, and I, I hope he's doing well. Um, the um, the the fantasy upshot might mean that Christian Ramirez gets some more playing time, I, potentially. Um, and especially, I'm wrong. Okay, who 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 should who should well, I? Well, because he's not there anymore. He's with the Houston Dynamo now. Ramirez. You're right. I am wrong. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Well, good thing I'm good thing I'm tuning into this. Uh, the jerseys don't change. <laughs> the jerseys don't change, yeah, and it throws you off. Don't, but the, but the teams do. Yeah, you're right. So, so who is up then? If, if Diamande is gone, then then who's who's next in line to get minutes? Uh, um, Nano says Rodriguez, and I think I extra time as well. <laughs> okay. Well, that's embarrassing, but I'm glad I'm listening. No, nah, hey, it happens. Um, but yeah, there's there there's an opportunity there. Shot. So maybe maybe that's uh, something that'll find you there. All right, well, that just leaves one more question: Who is going to be your captain, Michael? Right now, I'm um, I'm going with the, the truism to always captain Vela. Kyle. Uh, I I almost feel like captaining him feeds his ego, so I feel kind of gross doing it every time. But I'm I'm probably going to go Zlatan because he's more of a lock for 180 than Vela is. Uh, I have it on Zlatan as well myself, and I love like I love how I don't even have to to hear the answer for my notes. Like Mike's like I'm just gonna go with the usual, and I'm like Vela, and then Kyle, you're like I think it feeds his ego. I'm like Zlatan, he's going with Zlatan right there. It is. Um, <laughs> so uh, no, I'm going with Zlatan myself. I I think that that Vancouver game is juicy, and I think getting the Golden Boot means a lot more to him than anybody else. So I think he'll be driven get that uh any final questions from chat for our recording before we go to plugs we'll of course hang around a little bit afterwards to keep answering questions uh, those of you listening we do this every monday around 9 30 eastern standard time so please do join us uh, we'll have a one more competitive podcast for this season and then we'll do a wrap-up podcast as well so uh let's move into plugs mike uh nothing kyle what about you um, not too much. I, I, I'm kind of, if there are a lot of uh, Sounders fans listening to this, um, I, I am interested in starting a more local uh, fantasy setup. So find me on Discord. My at is Ace Starflyer, like a made-up Star Wars character that doesn't exist. Um, and um, maybe we can set something up for next season. Um, this is <laughs> this is my chance to make that happen. Uh, all of my friends uh, from the season ticket holders, most of the people who started that league have since moved. So... Um, it's just me and a few guys around here in Seattle. So I'd like uh, like to rebuild that community. If I can. So find me on Discord. Thanks. Yeah, awesome. Awesome, do it. Uh, and as for myself, you can check out everything over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. Uh, you can check out the, what's left of my weekly fantasy newsletter from MLSSoccer.com. And uh, check out the Discord, as Kyle mentioned. Check out uh, the, the Reddit 
subreddit community and uh, it's it's a great community to be a part of Kyle did such a great job talking about it and everybody is super helpful and chat is always super fun so uh, please do check it out it's been a great season so far we're not finished yet so let's finish strong thank you very much and good luck